This is Seymour Library's podcast, where we need to talk about books. Welcome back to Seymour Library's podcast, where we share with you our current reads, what we want to read, news about books, and what's happening at the library. Our show hosts for today in order of appearance are Jackie, Lee, and Mary. Once again, this recording comes from a virtual meeting. And now on to the show. So uh, I read Miss uh, Cecily's recipe for exceptional ladies. Oh, I'm so excited. I want to hear all about this because I saw the book description and it looks really good. And I remember when I ordered it, I'm like, whoop, I am putting this on my to read list. So yeah, let's so the cover drew me in. I uh, I think it was on like one of the new book displays and I was like, oh, it was so bright and yellow. And I, I needed a book for my book club that was like a little fluffier, a little happier. Um, yeah. I try to, you know, we all need some happiness. So I was like, let me put in something that's, it just, it looks cute, you know, like kind of a, just a romantic comedy type, type thing. Um, and I liked it. And my mom liked it. I think my grandma, but wasn't her her cup of tea. She like she liked the characters, but she didn't connect with them. Oh. Um, and I could see that because it was a lot like. I think you're either gonna like it or you're gonna be like, eh. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of like Bridget Jones' diary. Oh, okay. Um, so there's this woman who is approaching her 40th birthday. Her name is Kate, and she is in a relationship with this guy Nick. And they go away on vacation together and she's like so happy and everything is going well and they like love to cook together and he's kind and she's like, you know, he's the guy that I've been searching for. And she's, you know, and um, he asked her to move in so that she was planning to do that after the vacation and she's told her roommate she's moving out. And then on the vacation, he just looks at her and he's like, I don't know about us. And she's, she's like, what do you mean you don't know about us? And he's like, I just like, I don't know. I like, I just, I don't know. Like, I love you, but I don't know. And um, he's like, well, do you not want to move in? He's like, I don't know. I feel like I just want to pause. And and she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> of course, like, you know, understandably, because he's basically saying, I care about you, but let's not do this for you. I, it was so, it was no, so no, strange. Yeah. I was like, get out of there. Get out of there, Kate. Right. You deserve better. Um, but she, so it's, the story's about um, her kind of finding herself after that moment And she still wants to, at the start of the book, she still wants to work things out with Nick. But then a lot of people in her life are like, what are you doing? Like, you're an amazing person. She just doesn't see it. So it's like a self-discovery story. And um, while all this is going on, her roommate that she had told she was leaving has already rented her apartment. So she ends up having to live with her mom. And she doesn't get along, like her mom, they get along okay, but they're very different personalities. And her mom's a little negative towards her. Um, her mom's very self-involved. And uh, and at work, she finds out that they're going to be uh, eliminating some of the positions. And so there's like kind of that whole 
unease of, you know, not where knowing where she's going to go career wise. And now she doesn't have a boyfriend and, or maybe she does, she doesn't know. Um, and she's going to be turning 40. So she just has like a lot she's working through. Um, so amongst all that, she starts volunteering at a nursing home and it's, uh, it's like a, a nursing home for like active old ladies. Um, I feel like maybe are active seniors, um, but I think it's all ladies. It's all women. Um, and it's, it's like a really, it's a really cool nursing home. They do like a lot of activities and, um, so she, she starts to volunteer there and she's giving a cooking demonstration and a lady in the back is like haggling her. Um, just like shouting stuff out and she's like, what, what is up with this lady? And the lady is actually Miss, uh, Cecily and they, they kind of start a, uh, I think that, uh, Miss Cecily requests her to visit or, um, the head of the nursing home decides it's a good idea for Kate to visit, uh, Cecily. And so she, she comes on the weekends, um, and starts, you know, talking to her and learning her story. And um, uh, Cecily has, or Miss Cecily has this, her whole room is covered in books. And she's not very uh, active. She, she kind of just stays in her room, um, doesn't interact with the other people in the, the nursing home. And uh, Kate's like, why? There's so much great things going on. And She's uh, Miss Cecily is just very opinionated, um, and so their friendship, you know, goes on. And uh, Kate ends up. Uh, Miss Cecily gives her a cookbook, and it has like all these fun recipes. And it's nineteen. I want to say it's like nineteen fifty. So it's uh, what is it? Dinner for charming a stranger, tea for a crotchety aunt, like fun, like advice mixed in with the recipes. That's what drew me and Lee. I was like, this looks so cute with the different, like, it's the advice mixed in with the recipes. And it kind of echoes her life going out, like Kate's life. Um, so she just becomes wrapped up within that cookbook. And it leads her to kind of discovering herself. Um, so it was cute. I uh, A little draggy in places, but it was, it was definitely a, a fun, light read although I have to say that it did get emotional so I, I say it was a fun light read but there are emotional parts uh Miss Cecily is 97 so you should just go into the book knowing that um no I'm not trying to spoil anything just you know you go into the book and <laughs> um but uh so Kate finds out about uh Cecily's life and um, just, there's a lot of cooking. The book will make you hungry. <laughs> I see Mary laughing. <laughs> yes. You should go into the book with just knowing that you might need to be prepared. I'm prepared. <laughs> be prepared. It was just the nicest way to it's like this this book has a dog in it. <laughs> <Be prepared. laughs> yes. Oh no. Oh, no. 
to those dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, no. <I'm> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I would recommend this book, though, especially if you're looking for, um, like, I've been reading a lot of historical fiction. I didn't want to, I just wanted something a little bit lighter. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, so I really enjoyed this. And um, uh, just the recipes, you'll be hungry. The whole book, I was hungry. <laughs> they go into detail. I think my only complaint about the book would be that they don't share any of the recipes. Like, oh, I wish at the end of the book, nice. the author would have put some recipes in there so that the, yeah. there's a toffee cake, a chocolate toffee cake. And I'm like, I would have made that. Yeah. You know? I think that would have been fun if there had been recipes. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, so wait, they oh, didn't have good. actual recipes? No. They so they talk about the, the food. food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. They talk about the food and there's like the blurbs that go with each of the, um, each of the like uh, recipes, there's like a. Um, so you get you get to see, that. not actual. Yeah, you can't cook oh, a lot in this book, which they is my only. <laughs> uh, they lost yeah. their <laughs> I, I think that was my my biggest complaint was like mm -hmm. I would have loved to have made some of the stuff along with the character. Right. Um, right. Just because then you could connect. I could have been eating a piece of toffee cake. Well, yeah. she made some big decisions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that sounds good. Yeah, it was overall. And I liked that whole kind of quirky 1950s, but then there were serious elements weaved in. And mm -hmm. yeah. so, I recommend cool. it. <laughs> cool. Well, the book that I read was Deacon King Kong by James McBride. So he is historical fiction. Um, he previously wrote uh, Good Lord Bird, which won many awards a couple of years ago, which I hadn't read. It's still on my to-read list, but this one came out and I'm like, oh, this sounds kind of interesting. So it's hard to describe, though. Um, the book is set in, I think it's 1969 in New York City. And uh, the main character, the, the title is based off the main character, whose real name is something, but everyone calls him, I don't, I'm not really sure, I can't remember, but he has many nicknames. One of them is Deacon King Kong, and, but everyone actually calls him Sportcoat. That's his nickname. Um, and he's, and the story goes, is about him, but it's also really about the community where he lives and the community that's built up amongst the residents where he lives um, in a uh, projects complex in New York city, I think in Brooklyn and like the residents there, but then also uh, the church that he belongs to his wife had passed away two years earlier, but he still talks to her. You know, so whether she's there or not, not really sure. But he talks to her, he has conversations with her. And uh, she was one of the founding members of this church, uh, Five Ends Baptist Church. And um, so this, <laughs> this story is really strange, but it was so engrossing. Like, um, 
So Sport Code is a guy who is ridiculously lucky throughout his entire life. He's been sick with everything possible and has recovered. You know, he's been through it all. He grew up down south, moved up north. You know, his luck has followed him. He has an amazing green thumb. He can grow anything. He can fix everything. No, I mean, that maybe that's his friend. No, he can. He can fix a bunch of stuff. And he's a very kind person, except he's also a drunk. So he's, he's drunk all the time. And this is where the title comes in, is King Kong is uh, like um, a bootleg drink, like a, uh, some home, home brew, I guess, that one of his friends makes. And so he kind of like carries it around with him. Him and his friend, they all have nicknames. Hot Sausage is his friend's name. Like they drink this stuff all the time, you know, in the morning they drink, blah, blah, blah. So he walks around drunk all the time. But he's a nice guy. So it's 1969, New York City. Times are tough, but they're kind of on the cusp of getting worse in the fact that heroin is starting to be introduced into the neighborhood. And young people are finding that they can sell it and make a lot of money, right? So it's a start of really hard drugs infiltrating the neighborhood. Um, so there's a young drug dealer who all the people there know. He he grew up and his his mom was pretty much absent, but he grew up with his grandparents and he is this, was this amazing baseball player. So the, uh, the projects there, their area, they have like a little baseball team, which sport coat is uh, the guy that got the baseball team together. He taught them how to pitch, how to hit. He was the umpire, like the whole deal. So uh, he taught them all about baseball and this, this boy is the, an amazing pitcher. So he keeps telling me, he's like, man, you've got to stop what you're doing and you gotta, you got to keep doing baseball. You're great at this. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. And then he gets to be older. He starts getting into drugs and he doesn't do the drugs himself, but he starts selling the drugs. So fast forward, he's 19 and he uses um, this common area to sell his drugs. Not in the morning because that's when the old folks come around and talk and whatever. But at noon, it's his territory. Well, one day, Sport Coat goes out there and he says, he's like, I'm going to go tell that boy he needs to get back into baseball. So he goes out there to tell him, but he's really drunk and he ends up pulling out a gun and shooting him. But, but afterwards, it's not funny, but afterwards, Sport Coat has no recollection of doing this. The boy lives. Like, in fact, Sport Coat turned around and saved him from choking and everything, but uh, so all of this is the rest of the story is the aftermath of all of it. And it talks about all of the characters, you know, the people that live there, the black population, the, the Latino population, and then also about the church people and what they do to help out sport coat, but then also about the, the boy and then there's also, uh, you know, the cops that get involved. And then there's also, it shows from the boys' perspective about the higher-ups and they, they're like gangsters start getting involved and all this. Anyway, there is this huge cast of characters. 
but the author does such a great job. I was a little overwhelmed at first. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am never going to be able to keep all of these characters straight. But I was listening to the audiobook, which is amazing, by the way. If you have the opportunity to read it, I would suggest listening to the audiobook. Um, the author does an excellent job of really making these characters distinguished. And you feel like you know all of these people. So, and it's also, despite kind of like the grim context of all of this, it's really funny as well. So... At the end, you know, by the end, you can really see how all of these people are connected. You know, like the the old Italian mobster ends up finding love with this Italian or no, this uh, Irish baker, you know, and then one of the police officers that invest that uh, starts investigating the crime ends up falling for one of the ladies at the church. I mean, and it's all really, it ends up being a feel good story, which it doesn't sound like it, but the characters are inspiring, you know, and their acts of kindness toward each other are, are really quite astounding. So it's a lot of characters and it's a lot of like sidetracking here and there, but it really wraps up in the end. So I really enjoyed this book and I was almost sad to have it end because I wanted to know what happened afterwards, even though it was really well wrapped up at the end, there were still a few things. So I don't know. I just really enjoyed the book and now I've got to go back and read the author's other books. Nice. I know that it was your uh, staff pick yeah, <laughs> for 2020. It was one of my favorites from this year, I think, because I was just so engrossed and kind of so so engaged in it, you know, of following these people and all of these, you know, of this neighborhood of mixtures of people of different backgrounds and experiences. But, you know, everyone kind of came together for the community and for each other. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like a good read. And yeah. I'm like, I'm glad you said that about the multiple perspectives. Cause if I had started the book and I was like, Lee, there's like 18 different people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there really are because it's like their neighbors and then it's the people at church and his different friends. And then you get like the background for all of these different people. And then, you know, I'm kind of like, Oh my gosh, who was that? But I mean, there's, you know, there's enough context as to where you can figure yeah. it out and they all kind of have their own little personalities and things that's impressive that's talented writing because yeah. sometimes yeah. authors have just two characters and i'm like that this yeah. is too much. <laughs> right 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 yeah so i enjoyed it yeah i'm adding it to my to be read list <laughs> yay <laughs> You guys both have these stories that seem like, um, I guess, more uplifting, like <laughs> character driven. And I'm going to yeah, turn it. Just kind of like where I was, I guess. You know, yeah. I needed something a little more <laughs> for right now. I'm going to turn it to more like Grimdark. So, because <laughs> right. I had to talk about this one. I, I like like uplifting stories like that, but. <laughs> And this was not one of them, but it was still really good. So I'm like, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 
but it was auditioned by Ryo Murakami. So it's a book in translation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and it was pretty quick. So if you, if you haven't heard about audition, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about it. This book is so weird and it's so dark. Um, but essentially the main character in it is Aoyama and he lost his wife. She died. She didn't, he didn't like lose her. <laughs> so this takes place about seven years after his wife died. And um, over the course of these seven years, he's stayed kind of alone and mostly concentrated on working and raising his son because they had a young son together. And um, at the start of this, I think Aoyama is only in like his, mm, he's in his 40s, but I don't think he's too old. I think he's like, he's not like older 40s. He's like, I don't know, maybe around 43. I'm trying to remember like the age difference that happens later. Um, so he's been concentrating on raising his young son, but his son is now like, I think a teenager. I don't remember if he's around 15, but he's a teenager. And even he's like, dad, I think it's time you try to date and find somebody new. And all of his friends are like, I think you should date and find somebody new. Um, so he's like, maybe I'll try it. Uh, <laughs> and this is the weirdest idea ever, but, um, he is a documentary filmmaker and so his friends are in the film industry as well. And so his one friend, let me see if I, get his, I want to get his name right, Yoshikawa. Um, his friend Yoshikawa is like, I have this great idea. We will say that we're going to be making a romantic film and we'll audition for the young romantic lead. <laughs> and so they're going to say they're going to make a film and receive all these auditions um, for these young artistic women. But really, it's so that Aoyama can find a woman that he'll be interested in. Hmm. Yeah, which is totally shady. And then yeah. like, once, once they audition, um, you know, they'll, they'll tell the woman at a later time that the movie just fell through and that they didn't get funding or whatever. They have no script for it either. But they're basically going to lie to all these women just to see if one fits what Aoyama is looking for in a woman because he wants someone that's more artist art, artistic um he couldn't have just used a dating app like <laughs> I, I don't know it's, it was the weirdest I'm like wow guys that is <laughs> that is a level up on what most people do um yeah. but yeah I guess his wife was artistic so he wants somebody that's more like in there so he's gonna audition them he's gonna read all of their um nice little CVs or whatever. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then they'll do the, the call to the auditions. Um, and when he's reading about these women, he does notice one that he's sort of interested in who is, I believe 24 and she was a former ballerina, but she since had to move on and she's interested in acting. So he makes sure that she gets called to the auditions and, and there's a bunch of other women as well. And they actually hold them and have the women come in and they interview them. And he's really drawn to the young girl who's, let me see if I get her name right. Um, Yamasaki. So he's really drawn to Yamasaki um, and he wants to just keep approaching her. So he'll like set up little lunch dates for them or whatever, sort of under the premise that, you know, we're really interested in you for this role, which doesn't exist. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'd so, be bad. I'd be bad. Yeah. 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 Could you imagine finding out? Well, I know that that sounds really dark and twisty, but the thing is, there's something that's not quite right. <laughs> <laughs> with Yamasaki. So his friend Yoshikawa is like, 
Aoyama, before you get all into this girl, I think we should really find out more about her because like some of the things that she said in the audition doesn't make sense. Like um, the guy that she used to work for, I think that was her manager, like nobody can reach. And um, like her Mm. family doesn't know where she is or who she is or whatever, like all the contacts that she has, there's no, no one that they can actually reach and verify anything about this girl. So he's Mm. like, I really think that you need to pay attention and not get too invested in this girl. I feel like there's something wrong, but he is like totally head over heels for her. And um, he does end up confessing to her that there's no movie or that there's not going to be a movie, but she says she still wants to date him. Um, And the one important important (laughs) thing to know, yeah. But the one important thing to know is she tells him that it has to be just her, that he can't, love anyone or anything else it's just her um Hmm. and of course he's like oh yeah meanwhile he doesn't really inform her that he has a son (laughs) Uh you know at his job and so things get complicated i can't give it away because this is a very short book and the events very quickly roll to the final end um i will say that there is a dog in this and you should be prepared um (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> some stuff goes down and that's all oh, I'm saying. No. yeah it very very quickly um turns from being like wow these guys that's you shouldn't do that to oh this girl has issues <laughs> and you just have to wait and see like what she does um with her issues but it, it turned very grim dark <laughs> wow. Like, wow um and i guess there's a movie um so a Japanese film that is based on this, that the, the writer really liked the movie. He thought it was like the best portrayal of his work. And I'm, I kind of want to watch it. I want to see if I can find it like subtitled available. Cause it was so messed up that I'm like, I love wow. how they handled what she did towards the end of the book. So hmm. it's intense. That's all I'm going to say. Like it, it very quickly goes from being kind of character like you see all the flaws in all of these people like they are very like i don't know in one way i would be like yeah they're very normal people because people have the dark side but at the other <laughs> side they're like messed up normal people because <laughs> i could not imagine holding an audition and like a casting call for <laughs> a movie you're yeah. never gonna make just right. to find somebody to like date well, right. Yeah. And then if it was a normal person, I mean, what, how would you even make that bridge? Like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to meet you. This whole thing's a fake. I just completely. Yeah. How could you ever like have honest like trust in that relationship? Because yeah. wouldn't you always be like, well, they lied to me about that. Like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That'd be game wow. over. I'd be like that. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's something because these these characters are adults. I feel like this yeah. is something that teens would cook up in like a rom com where like the best yeah. friends would be like, let's audition these, you know, <laughs> like for movies. a school play. <laughs> yeah. right. You know, yeah. and yeah. like wrong, but maybe you'd forgive yeah. them because they're they're teens and you know antics. Yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are adults who concoct this thing, and the whole thing is is that they don't. It's not just like a a simple relationship, like they want to date with the purpose and intent of getting married. And I'm like, wow, wouldn't you do it in a better way? (laughs) Like, he's not just trying to hook up with the younger girl. He, he wants somebody that he could marry. And I'm like, I wouldn't 
started that way? Like, who was like, yeah. oh, yeah, fake auditions. <laughs> like, how do you get over that? I don't know. Right, right. No, no. That alone was, like, weird. But then when when you start seeing her twistiness, <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe you reap what you sow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. mostly felt bad for the son. I'm like, <laughs> I'm oh, sorry yeah. that you, you have to be dragged into this in any way. And mostly sorry for the dog. <laughs> I also feel sorry for the dog. I haven't read the book, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say anybody who, who does read this one needs to be prepared. It is a very quick book, though. Like It's it's super short. Um, but I think you'd need to go into it being prepared for stuff to happen at the end. <laughs> like, just know. There's some kind yeah. of semi gruesome stuff that happens at the end. Most yeah, of it was so hard when recommending books. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. you know, sometimes you can put stuff together. Like, the character is 97, you know, she's passing on her wisdom. So you, you have an idea of what might happen at the end. But at the same time, I don't want to ruin the book. And then, like, right. other books where, like, stuff happens to the character and it might be a trigger. You know, you want to warn someone before they read it, but you also don't want to spoil the story. Yeah. You know, it's very hard with, with yeah, the it's a fun line. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not giving away what happens because I, I feel yeah. like in this sense you have to like read it to even get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, I still feel like I need to warn people that it it does have a very like kind of gruesome turn. That uh, yeah. You got to be prepared a little bit for that. So this definitely is more like borderline between thriller and horror. I would put it more on horror because you do get some okay. darkness, but yeah, <laughs> most of it's very like thrillery. Like, Oh, what's up with this, uh-huh. this girl? What's the story there? And yeah, but with the ending, I would definitely like, that's semi more horror. I don't know. Be prepared. <laughs> I like that. That was quite a turn. We went from kind of comedic, yeah, you know, comedic right. stories, light and fluffy, feel good to horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit for everyone. Yeah, something for everyone. Thank you for joining us. We hope you heard something that you are interested in reading. Stay tuned to the library social media and our website. For more great content, including book recommendations, and stay tuned for our next episode because we still need to talk about books. Mm-hmm.